You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life, reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time. Well, good morning, 1030. Is that 10 o'clock? 10 o'clock? Okay, good. 10 o'clock. Feels like 1030. No. Good morning, 10 o'clock. All right. How are you guys doing? I was worshiping, I was worshiping hard. I'm like, I hope I can make it. He has no rival. He has no equal. I love it. I love worshiping with you guys. I think, well, this is probably be recorded, but that's all right. This is the best worshiping service that we have. So that's a challenge to our other services. But it's a big deal, right? It's a big deal for us. Uh, you're going to start to notice a trend that like, you might get left in the lobby if you're talking with somebody on staff because they're supposed to be up here worshiping when worship starts. Because that's when the church service actually starts. And do you know a lot of times what is said to God in the worship and what he responds back to you and as you're, as you're praising God, sometimes for me is a lot more than whatever the, the person teaching says. And so our worship service starts when the music starts. And we want it like, and our, our staff is different. We love it. We love being up here. We love uh, just, just calling out to God, what are you doing in our lives? Lord, you know, help us. We need you. And we want him here. We want him here. We're inviting him here. We're inviting the spirit to be here. So, by the way, my name is Josh Gray. I'm the executive pastor here at Real Life. So I oversee uh, finances and all of that good stuff. When you tithe and you give money, try and make sure that it's going to the great places that it's going to. Oversee staff development, make sure our staff's doing okay. And so uh, occasionally they let me out of the cage to preach as well. And so honored to be here. I get to share with you our uh, our two-week series on vision. Vision, what are we doing? Hey, by the way, congratulations for uh, making it through the Revelation series. I was looking at that and reviewing. I was like, we started that in July or something. I think it was July 2nd or, yeah, I was like, whoa, that's a, that's a long run. You know what I love about our church? You know what I love about my pastor? All God's word matters. And I don't know, I've been in, in churches for, for, since I was 20 years old, and I have not heard a whole lot of sermons on Revelation. People avoid it. But there is stuff for us today in the text, in Revelation. And I just honor to be part of a team and part of a pastor. I love my pastor that he would, uh, he doesn't run away from stuff. He tackles it and he tackles it as a team. So as we are thinking about this, uh, this vision series and what does this mean is what is our vision? Why did Aaron and Kelly and Michael and Rose and Charlie and Eileen, why did they come down here? Because what was the draw for them? What, did they, what was their purpose in coming down here? Because I don't know if you're aware of this. There's probably like 300 maybe people in this room right now. This is a church of about 1,200 people. Do you know there's four other services that have gone on this week already before you got here? And, but wait, there's only, only six people came down to start it. How did we get to 1,200? And you know what we didn't have? We didn't have comfortable 21-inch seats or whatever size they are. And we didn't have control over the climate of, of when, when they were in the Palouse Christian School where you had to roll out a mat over the floor and, and the folding chairs weren't very comfortable and the sound equipment wasn't as awesome and our speakers weren't as cool and all that other stuff. Uh, that We didn't have all that at the beginning. And Aaron's preaching has changed a lot. He would say it himself. So what is the vision? 
Where are we going? What are we doing? Have we arrived? Have we arrived? Like, look at us. We're just, we're fancy big building stuff. Have we, are we here? Or is there more? And I'm going to submit to you guys today that there's more. And I'm also going to submit to you that the vision has not changed. Our vision as a church is to reach the world for Jesus one person at a time. One person at a time. And you know where we got that vision? It wasn't at a coffee shop or somebody was sitting there thinking. They got the vision from the text before he even used to say it's in the text. Because what we've seen modeled for us by our creator in heaven is a model that works one person at a time. And so as we just do a drive-by on the amazing things that, that, you know, relationship does matter. Title series, Relationship Matters. It matters more than our amazing teaching. It matters more than our amazing worship, and it matters more than our amazing building. And we see this, and by the way, uh, your pastor, Aaron, has just put out a ebook that you can get online on our website, uh, 31 Days of a Devotional, The Biblical uh, Case for Relational Discipleship. And you can go there and go through 31 days that he created that's going to walk you through why relationship matters, why it's not just, just me and Jesus in the woods, just me and Jesus over here, just me. And, no, relationship matters. So I encourage you to do that. You know, our church is doing so many amazing things. Do you know that we just re, uh, relaunched Real Needs? How many people know what Real Needs is? Hey. Yeah, we should all know what Real Needs is. Real Needs uh, is, is something that, that Derek had started, Derek Murphy, and we just relaunched it, and there was a lady, a single mom who needed furniture uh, that she submitted a real need for on like Friday or Saturday, and it hasn't been filled yet. And you're like, well, I didn't know about it. Well, you didn't know about it because you didn't get the email, and you didn't get the email maybe because you're not opted in to receive emails about Real Needs when Real Needs happen in your community. So you can do that on the website as well uh, when you're getting the uh, ebook from Aaron. So we can fulfill this real need, right? We can fulfill that she needs furniture for her, for her kids, single mom, rough situation. She needs furniture. We do that. Is that of our vision? Is that who we are? One person at a time. Yeah, well, it's probably taken, you know, like, you know, it's probably already taken care of. No, maybe it's not. It's our responsibility to know one person at a time. So as you, as you travel through the text, you see the first uh, relational uh, crisis is God is, is in the garden with Adam, and he says, it is not good for man to be alone. So I must make a suitable helper. God thinks relationship matters. And here's how he, how he works through it. He works through it in Noah, Genesis 6, 9, uh, with Noah. And Noah, you matter, one person at a time. One person at a time. And he works through, through Abraham. God calls Abraham and promises to make him a great nation. And you'll have more descendants, more than all the sand and the, and the sea. Did he start and just say you'll have all the, all, everybody right there? Or did it start with one person at a time? One person at a time. And he works through Joseph. One person at a time. One person at a time. And God calls Moses 
free his people. But Moses isn't, he's like, you know, like, well, Josh, you don't understand. These are, these are biblical heroes. These are stalwarts of the faith. They had it all together. They knew everything. They were ready. They were confident. They were all, of, do, I don't think the text speaks to that. I think they feel like they weren't good enough. But you don't know my story, Josh. You don't, know, you don't understand why, why God couldn't use me. Don't be that bold to think that God can't use you. One person at a time. And we see it in David. In, in 2 Samuel, David, God spoke to the prophet of Nathan and told David that he was his guy. A man after my own heart. One person at a time. And Nehemiah, he cries out to God, a heart for repentance and desire to restore God's people. One person at a time. Ladies, Esther, you're not free. It's not just dudes, right? One person at a time. No, it's specifically you. Probably even more use half the time. One person at a time. It's the story of his text and the prophets and all the way through God's precious word, he's showing you something. And there's some deep, awesome, amazing biblical truths that we're learning, right? Amen? Like I'd get, whew, come out of here like, wow, you should see in the sermon clubs. It is even more intense than it is here. Like, whoa, these guys, I'm just sitting there. No, no, but like amazing. And as amazing as it is, you know what the vision is? One person at a time. Good. We're getting this. This is like a reciprocal thing. One person at a time. So, and it's really uh, throughout the Old Testament, God is working through faithful men and women to bring about his redemptive plans to earth to reconcile God's people. And let me tell you one of the ways that he reconciles God's people. He reconciles them through you. He has a redemptive plan for your life, for your particular story. Well, I was an angel the whole time, Josh. I've hardly done anything wrong. And, you know, I grew up in the church. I was born in the church. I was baptized. I'm like, I'm, I'm like good to go. Your story still matters. Oh, Josh, my story. I couldn't even tell it at church, though. The whole walls would fall down. This thing's, it's crazy. Your story matters. So much, though, that he follows it up in the New Testament. God's redemptive plan from Genesis to, Ex- or to, to Revelation. The whole thing is about redeeming the story of his children. And if we're called to be his children, his sons and daughters, we're called to have a redemptive story. He paves the way with John the Baptist, one person at a time. Let me tell you about your story. I'll tell you about a story. There was a guy in the early 1980s named Rick Layton. Well, actually, Rick Layton. And he met a guy named Glenn Walker uh, out of Gresham, Oregon. And Rick lived in Colville, and he was a locksmith and a windshield repair guy. And he grew up in a church that was pretty much uh, pretty st- structured, um, but didn't really have a, a personal relationship with, with Jesus and really didn't know how that would impact the life his life. And this guy named Glenn Walker met with, with Rick, this young 18, 19-year-old guy at the time, and started talking with him about his story. 
And he talked about what God had done maybe in his marriage and what God had maybe done in his business and what God had maybe done in his, in his uh, kids. And he shared his story with this guy named Rick. And Rick got pretty excited about that story. It's changed his life. And so Rick went back to his hometown in beautiful Colville, Washington, and was trying to share that story. And I'm sure that Rick messed up a lot when he shared the story. I'm sure he just kept messing up, and it's okay. Well, he didn't know enough, and he said the wrong verse and whatever it was, but he was sharing his story about what God was doing in his life. And eventually, he met a guy at a coffee shop uh, named Jace Rutherford in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. And Jace didn't really grow up with church. Uh, his dad died when he was 18 years old. Uh, he kind of went to a Lutheran church because he was chasing his wife, uh, which is a great way to, do, to find, some, find the Lord. It's through pretty girls. Uh, anyway, uh, he's chasing, chasing his wife and went to this church. And so Jace uh, got pretty excited about what Rick had shared with him about how this, how this was changing his life. It changed how he viewed business. It changed how he viewed others. It changed how he viewed his wife. And it changed how he was going to view his children in the future. And, and Jace Rutherford employed this gal named Shoshana Sonobin, Shone. And Shone was a young gal, 18 years old, and she had had a horrible life. A life that many of you maybe have experienced A horrible upbringing. But Jay showed her something about hope. That there's this hope that you do have a father in heaven who loves you. And she kind of got excited about that. And so Sean reached out and connected to a friend that she went to driver's ed with when she was 16 years old. And her name was Carrie Koo which is a pretty cool name. It's not as cool as Carrie Gray, but it's Carrie Koo, my wife. And, and she had a, a, a background of faith, but she didn't really know how it all fit together and really what this faith was going to be like in her life and how it exploded and changed in her life. And so she started following the Lord. And then there was this guy from a very broken home, divorced home, guy who has a great testimony to say. Not a great testimony to say, but, but, it's, but, but it's God's. And so, she, so this guy was chasing her, and he eventually, she eventually connected him to this guy named Jace, who eventually connected him to this guy named Rick. And it took all of those people to work on this young punk. All of them. One person at a time. And so this uh, young punk actually starts trying to figure things out. And he accepts Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And if you haven't done that, we'd love to talk to you about what that means. What does this mean? It means I want to live differently. It means I'm not, uh, the life I'm living right now is, seems empty and, and, and it doesn't seem fulfilled. And, I, and I, don't know where, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to be a good dad. I don't know how to be a good husband. I don't know how to be a good son or daughter. So it starts changing my life, this story. And so I go and find a church, and I end up at this church in Post Falls in the early 2000s called Real Life Ministries. And I was like, these guys are real. Like, it's not just all like, 
buttoned up, polished, like, hey, how you doing, Christians? I don't really care. I'm not going to really ask you, like, how are you really doing? And then, like, the next thing you know, you're crying in a corner. Because they actually cared when they asked the question. It wasn't a greeting. It mattered. You matter. Your story matters. And so uh, the church was growing like crazy, and they're like, hey, you're kind of a leader. Why don't you uh, come to a care group? And I was like, I'm very busy. I'm in the insurance business. I work 60 hours a week. I have three kids at home, and my wife's a stay-at-home mom. And they're like, oh, you guys, you have three kids? Yeah, we just had one. All of a sudden, we have meals for like 30 days, like choking us with meals, like you're just stuffing it into your freezer. Because they loved on us. They're like, you probably need food. Your wife probably doesn't want to cook if she's got three young kids. And so here. And so we had to kind of go to the care group then. No, and so we went to this care group even though we were very busy and all those things and the church is exploding and growing and they're like, uh, they did the, the real life branching technique. Maybe some of you have experienced this. Um, I'm not going to be there tonight. You're leading. Huh? Huh? Yeah, it's a technique we use all the time. Um, so when that happens to you, you'll know. <laughs> and so uh, they weren't there, so I was leading. And then for some reason, I just wasn't leading for that one night. I was leading forever. And the group was growing and growing, not because of me. We were real. We were transparent. We were loving on each other. But it branched three times. And they said, you know what? Now your group has branched three times, Josh. You're going to be a coach. I got promoted in church. I don't even work there. <laughs> How great is that? And the same thing was happening to me in my, in my insurance life. Things are moving forward. So sounds pretty good, right? It's a good story. Let's just go ahead and move on. Oh, wait, but there's more to the story. At the same time this was all happening, I was in a me and three accountability group. I was a coach of, a care, groups, of care groups that were growing and branching. I went to church every Sunday, and I happened to have a little gambling addiction on the side. I was lying to my wife about where I was. I was missing the early six, 12, eight months of my youngest daughter's growing up because I was busy. I have a late insurance appointment over at the casino. Guy making $80,000 a year that can't pay $800 a month of rent because he doesn't know how to manage his finances and he's lying. And he's leading, he's leading in church. And he's lying to his care group guys about how well he's doing. There's me and three guys. It's a bad story. But let me tell you the great part about the story is God redeems it but he only redeems it when you got to let it go. And you have your stories, okay? So how many people watch the show Lord of the Rings or the movie Lord of the Rings? Okay, I kind of did. I had to. My family's watched it. I'm not a woo about it, but whatever. But here's what, I, here's, what I, here's, what I, here's what can happen to your story. Doesn't he say something like, precious, my precious? <laughs> so that ring is your story and my great analogy. My precious. So what are you doing with your precious? What are you doing with your story? Is this pretty bad sometimes like mine? What if it's about, what if it's about a gambling addiction? What if it's about a shopping addiction? What if it's about a porn addiction? What if it's a, 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 I was an adulterer? What if it was, I've been divorced three or four times? What if it's I've been, you name it. What if I'm a gambler? What if it's all of these things? What if your story is not something that you're overly proud of? I'm not overly proud of my story. 
I wish I had a squeaky clean story. What if it's about drugs? My precious. I'm not going to let anybody know that story because that story doesn't put me in a very good light. Well, good, then you can keep your story. You can keep it all to yourself. Because that, that's going to, that's gonna, if, you, if you can't share your story, if you can't share what God's doing one person at a time, how he's changed your life, you can't be part of God's, God's redemptive story then. See, it's still your story. It's your precious story until you give it to God. And then it becomes a redemptive story. Because there's other people that need to know. They need to know that, that, that a mistake doesn't define you. You, not, you, not, you are not what you did. That is not who you are. It's what you did, but it's not who you are. I was a gambling uh, an addict, but that's not who I am. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm a father. I'm a husband. God, and I, he got a hold of my heart after that. So back to the story. My next just one was a guy named Doug Smoot. And so I go talk to Doug. I'm like, Doug, it all came crashing down. Doug, I got a, you got a problem with your care groups. <laughs> Doug, you got a problem with your care groups. Because this coach right here is a fraud. Here's what I've done, Doug. I did this, and 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 I did this. It's my get-out-of-church-free card. I'll never have to go to church again after I tell him this story because I've really messed up the church. Never going to have to go back because who would want that? Who would want that kind of a person? Doug's like, yeah, this is a bummer, man. This is a real bummer. Um, we're going to move you out of leadership of care groups. Pretty good idea. It's a pretty good idea. And he said, uh, you're obviously going to have some tough discussions with your wife. So Annette and I will be over tomorrow night. And you don't have any money, obviously. And we're going to bring you a gift card. And we're going to come and watch your three young children. And you and your wife need to go out and have a long conversation. And Josh, we believe in you. This is a bad deal. But we love you. And we're going to stick by you. And we're going to help you. And no, you don't get a get out of church free card now because you made a mistake in a leadership role in church. Now you got to tell your story. Because it's not your story anymore. It's God's story. It's his story of redemptive love. Josh, you're going to help a lot of people one person at a time. So God sees, you see that all through the text. In the New Testament, it says, Jesus says, for, God says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. How many people want eternal life in here? Gosh, Lord, just one person at a time. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it. Wait a minute, the church acted that way towards me. 
The church wasn't, they were, they were disappointed. They were pretty bombed. But they, they didn't come to condemn me when I opened up my heart to them. But they came in to save me. God used his people one person at a time to fix me. All the way to Matthew 4.19 says, uh, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I was like, yes, Lord, you have me. If this is what you're about, if this is what this church, these people are about, is redeeming stories, then I'm in. I'm all in. I, I need to be redeemed. Well, how do we do that? How do we be redeemed? And he says, uh, the Pharisees trying to trap Jesus, and he says, uh, what are the, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. You've got to learn how to love the Lord. Part of learning how to love the Lord is being here for worship. Not to watch these amazing people on stage. They're not doing it for a show. They're not doing it so you could see them. They're trying to point to something that's bigger and higher and greater and better than, than what we are. Starts then. Worship. I know you, you don't sound that great. I'm standing next to some of you. <laughs> but hey, it's a cheerful noise to the Lord. <laughs> right? Starts there. How do I love the Lord? And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on this. Well, how would I love my neighbor? Does it start by raking their leaves? Does it start by building a relationship with them? Does it start by caring about them? Does it start by asking how you're doing? How are you doing? Oh, no, great. 99% of us would say that right away. Doing great. Do I have to really talk? Do you really care? Really what they're saying is do you really care? Because if you really cared and you could see in their eyes and you could tell what's happening in a person's soul by looking into their eyes... You can say, how are you doing? And you're looking at them in their eyes and you're like shaking their hand. Lord, tell me, how's this person really doing? That's loving your neighbor. And maybe you get an opportunity to share your precious story. You don't share your story, I don't know how you can be part of God's redemptive story. Just one person at a time. This isn't in your notes. Bonus, bonus, right here, bonus text. Um, one more first. Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven has been given to me. This is in your notes. Uh, has been given to me. Others. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them to convey, obey everything I've commanded. That's what we're all supposed to do. That's what he says. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. We have great teaching here. Some of the best teaching I've ever experienced in my life. I'm in rooms where there's 50 or 60 pastors listening to Aaron going like this. Just jaw drops open. I can't believe it. And all these guys with master's degrees are coming around and be like, oh, where'd you, where'd you figure that out? We have the best teaching here. I really believe it. James 1, 22. Do not merely listen to the word. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself because we have great teaching. Don't deceive yourself because we have great teaching. Do what it says. 
Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away immediately and forgets what he looks like. We will not, real life on the Palouse will not forget what we look like. You know what we look like? One person at a time. Your story matters one person at a time. I already believe that he's already put it on your hearts today, the one person at a time that you're like, oh, this person. This is the one. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I might mess it up. Maybe, what if you're like the, the there's 10 people in line that's going to get this person to the Lord and you're number four and you have to look like a fool as number four. How many people do you think Rick Layton messed up before he got a chance to talk to Jace? I don't really know, but I'm sure it's quite a few. Because you don't know what to do with your faith. It's brand new. How do I share it? How do I? I'm sure it's quite a few, but I'm sure glad he didn't quit because your story matters. So we're going to pass out our communion here. Uh, we have an open table. And if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, uh, you are welcome to partake. We're going to hold it all together. Um, if you uh, haven't accepted Jesus and you're like, what is this thing? What are you talking about? Stories and God changing life. Come talk to me, any of our staff folks, probably the person sitting next to you. What do you mean this Jesus? Why does this matter? This world seems pretty messed up. But if you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we want you to, to, to partake with us. So let's look at some implications. And as I was uh, going through the uh, implications from last week, I was gone last weekend, so I listened to the sermon online with Marty, and I was like, oh, darn it. Those implications are pretty close together. And then I was thinking about, you know what, maybe that's God's deal. Maybe the implication that he put on my heart, even though it was close to one of the implications that he put on Marty's heart, maybe we didn't all get it the first time. Like, I'm one of those guys that needs to kind of go over something multiple times. Like, I don't know how we could have the Revelation sermon series, and you're like, yeah, I listened to that once. I got it. I got it. When it takes Marty and Aaron hours and hours and weeks and weeks and time and time and time again to get to what they give you, and you get it in one time. So maybe you have to rep it. So this implication, God has always been at work to restore our relationship with him. He is in the restoration business. And what he wants to restore is who you are. Is what he's done in your life. The struggles that you're overcoming. The mistakes that you've made. He wants to restore them. He wants to say like, yeah, that wasn't great, Josh, but here's how we're going to use that. I'm going to use this in another guy's life, and his name is X. Okay. So God has always been at work restoring our relationship with him. But you don't know what I've done. No, I don't. You don't understand. No, I don't. But you know what I understand? I understand that God wants to restore your life. I understand that he gives you the free will. He gives you the freedom and the choice to choose to allow it to happen. He will not force it upon you. You have to choose. Second implication, are we willing to continue to be used by God to accomplish his plans in our family? What about your family? Your family member you're at odds with? Somewhere in your family, someplace you've got to go make a right and you know it. What if it's an ex-spouse? What if it's a, a child who's ran off? 
Are you a pursuer? Are you chasing? Because that's what God has done with me. I don't know about you, but he's chased me. I got so tired of running. He's chased me with other people. What about in our church? Are we done? Good enough? Just mail it in? We've arrived? Big church on the Palouse? Or do you think of other people right now? Are you proud to invite them here? Is there something here for them? What about in our town? Well, Moscow's all saved. I'm sure. I mean, yeah, you know, all totally saved. It's done. We're just hanging out. And we have lots of opportunities. And beyond, the places that you support. Third implication. Do you believe there are people around you and your family, at your work, or even in your community, who need to hear how God reached you? Do they need to hear God's redemptive story in your life? Because God will weave, he's already doing it right now. There's paths that you're going to cross this next week. He gives us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to make relationships because relationships matter. He gives us opportunities to share, to share, to share, to share. We just have to choose to take them. Got to choose to take the risk. Mess up for Jesus. Fail for Jesus. Who needs to hear your story? We are here. The vision of this church is to reach the world for Jesus Christ one person at a time. And it starts right where you sit right now, today. The sermons are going to be great in the future. <laughs> the, the music's going to continue to be great. We have great, we have great kids programs. You should volunteer there. We have all of this stuff. You know what at all? It doesn't matter. All of our dreams and goals cannot be accomplished by Aaron Couch. They cannot be accomplished by our, by our elders. They can't be accomplished by our staff. They're accomplished right in here. They're accomplished right in here. So that night, Jesus is there with his disciples, people he lived life with, his just ones, just one person at a time. And he took this bread and he said, take it and eat. This is my body. And he took the cup and he said, drink from it, all of you. This is the blood of the covenant. Father God, I just ask that your um, hands are upon all of us in here, that we heard you well today, Lord. Um, Lord, we want to follow you. We want to chase you. We want to show you off to the world, Lord. Uh, give me the courage to continue to share my story and what you're doing and how you're redeeming me today, Lord, and how you will redeem me in the future. Lord, and give everyone else here that opportunity as well. Let us recognize it. Let us see it. Let us take the risk. Lord, let us move forward for you, Father God because we are here for you as you have commanded, seeking to make disciples just one person at a time. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Real Life. If you'd like more information on who we are, what's happening in our church, and how you can get involved, visit us on Facebook and Twitter, and visit our website, liferotp.com.